list of some of these that I came up with. We've, we've got DARPA has a sonic projector that was reported on in 2007, but of course it had been around for quite some time before then. Army has something they call voice to skull. We've got the Air Force using microwaves to create sounds at Brooks Air Force Base. We've got the Marine Corps with their Medusa project. We've got the State Department, as reported by the Washington Post in 2005, working on voices implanted in people's heads. We've got a couple of companies, one that has patented something called Hypersound, that's American Technologies, has also got Holosonic Research Labs, also has a patented version. So the military-industrial complex has been all over this. When you see something this wide, this is not just one little research project from one organization. The one thing that uh, I was happy that the book did is I had a lot of families call me and say, you know what, we have a son that's been claiming about hearing voices and complaining of you know, government surveillance. Uh, we've had him to five different psychiatrists. They've shocked him. They've had him on meds. It never goes away. Now we have a little better understanding about maybe what he's dealing with. You know, and if that had only happened once, it would have been worth having wrote the book. And it's happened hundreds of times um, where people have actually, you know, let psychiatrists do electroconvulsive therapy on loved ones that were voicing these complaints. Long before you ever hear voices or get attacked by weaponry, they've already watched yeah. you, picked you out. They know where you work. They know who your That's loved right. ones are. They know who you're going to turn to for help. They know who to control so they don't believe you despite the amount of evidence that you have. Ultimately, the goal yeah. is to get you in front of a psychiatrist, get you diagnosed so you're completely discredited and you can sit at home and be a guinea pig. Yeah. Like when you say, what's the end game? Well, just control how we think. Well, how about they also get pleasure from torturing innocent people? There you go. I mean, there's women that compl complain that they're being sexually stimulated and it's against their will. Well, who's going to believe that woman? Yeah. You know, no one. It's, it's this sick game that no one's going to believe you. The first time, first radio show I did for this book literally filled up my email memory on my server. I had 6,000 emails in one night wow. after doing George Norrie's Coast to Coast with people wow. saying, this is happening to me in Maine. This is happening to me in Toronto. This is happening to me in Japan. This is happening to me in California. And it turned out to be a global thing. So mm -hmm. try, like Stephen says, you don't choose to be in this fight. The fight chooses you. Right. You know, for years, everyone has thought that the brain's too complex. Uh, there's no way you'll ever control people. You can't you do mind control. The brain's too complex to be controlled. And the fact is that it's just simply not, uh, especially when they started working with uh, various frequencies, uh, elf waves and microwaves. It turns out that the brain is actually very easy to manipulate. Now, at the top of the psychiatric chain, uh, Canadian uh, Psychiatric Association, the American Psychiatric Association, they know very well with these weapons. Oh, they're the people running it. Uh, yeah, they're the ones who started a lot of the MKUltra programs that have advanced to where we're at now. Now, at the local level where you're being maybe mandated to see a psychiatrist, they probably are largely ignorant of the technology. But unfortunately, no matter how much proof these victims put in front of psychiatrists, they're not looking at it. When you go and tell people that you're hearing voices, we've been a pattern to turnkey see that as schizophrenia and not even look to see if there's a legitimate source for it. Mm -hmm. uh, if I put a voice in your head that's in your voice, and if you pattern a thought, uh, like I tell some of these victims, when you read a book, you're actually hearing your own voice in your head as you read. If I put that voice in your head, then that becomes a thought wow. and you'll act on those thoughts. And that's how- If you remember from the early MK Ultra studies, you know, the known mentally ill were experimented on more than the, the sane. Electromagnetic weaponry, just as Persinger said 15 years ago, he could control every brain on the planet. But they could tell that they were hearing voices in their heads of the perpetrators of the people doing the research. 
and that they could tell that the voices were responding to their thoughts. You know, some of them thought it was some vocalization that they were just responding. But really, they've got a computer reading it out the other side. The transhumanists will always argue that it's in the, we're doing this for the betterment of mankind. Mm -hmm. I mean, they always pull that one, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not for the betterment of mankind. Transhumanism is just flat out dangerous, and it's basically aligning humans and AI. And, uh, I can think of very few uh, more nefarious things uh, that a government can do than to mess with somebody's mind. Seriously. And they've been doing it for a very long time. They want the targeted individual to know that they're following them. And so in a normal surveillance situation, you do not want the person you're following to know that you're following them. They actually want the TI to know they're being followed because it has the maximum psychological impact. While at the same time, they need to do it in a way that your neighbors and your friends and your coworkers and your family do not know that they are doing this to you because the entire point of the program is to convince everybody else that the, the TI is crazy. And so you can start to see how psychologically this is gonna have an effect on someone very, very quickly. If they're under the impression that the military, their own government, and then a bunch of thugs are following and chasing them around the country, uh, it has a devastating psychological effect. But once these people are selected, um, they will have the entire gang stalking slash voice to skull program run against them. This is detailed in my article, but they will be organized stalked. They will have career um, sabotage programs run against them to ruin their job. They will have character assassinations campaigns campaigns run against them in their neighborhood. They'll be isolated from family and friends as those individuals are turned against them. And they will be isolated slowly and slowly over time using the technology itself. As uh, many of the people freak out understandably when they at first don't know what it is, oftentimes they end up going to psychiatrists and uh, false diagnoses of schizophrenia, manic depression, uh, delusion, delusional, paranoid are rendered against this individual. And it turns out that that's a loophole in the law, law that they are using to take away people's constitutional rights as once you are deemed mentally unfit to care for yourself, i.e. you're depressed, delusional, paranoid, etc. They use that, uh, the state or the federal government uses that as, as an excuse to come in and say that they have to care for you. So I would warn all targeted individuals out there, please do not go to psychiatrists and, and, and allow them to render a diagnosis against you because that is a dirty trick they're using to take away the rights of people all, all over the country. Part of the uh, character assassination campaign that's run, there are lies, there are rumors that are spread about the targeted individual. And so when it, in relation to the TI, uh, all sorts of stuff is said about them. Uh, in every case, it's never true. So I can testify as a gang stalker on that side of it that all of the gang stalkers know it's not true, uh, but it is used to generally degrade the character of the TI uh, so that they're looked at, you know, in general as a scumbag. It really does take on almost an organized crime feel to it. They're, they're monitoring and harassing and, tor and torturing and sometimes leading to the death of American citizens. They're violating their civil rights. They're violating their human rights. They're violating basic human decency. These is, this is horrible stuff that's being done to people. It hive minds, voice to skull, emotion manipulation behavior, uh, modification technology. 
is being used against the gang stalkers themselves and against people in the program. And it is being used to assist them in doing their job, specifically to take away their conscience, specifically to take away their empathy and their sympathy for the individual, for the targeted individual, so that they don't feel bad, so that they don't feel guilty about what they're doing. And stuff like human decency and love and compassion and empathy and sympathy and caring for your fellow human being does not enter into the decision-making process. And so the exact same thing is done within the program, within the Voice to Skull Gang Stalking Program. And it is done not only by peer pressure and direct training, it is also handled by the technology that can manipulate the people's emotions to turn off empathy and sympathy and love and care and compassion and to turn on what I call almost a mercenary hired gunman mentality. In my mind, it just came down to the victims. It came down to targeted individuals all over America who are suffering every single day, who are crying out for help, who are curled up in a ball in the corner in their bedroom in horrible physical pain and horrible emotional pain and know that nobody will help them. Everybody calls them crazy. Everybody says, you know, there's something wrong with them. Friends and family abandoned them. Their, their relationships with their significant others are ruined. Their kids are taken away from them. The commission staff published an invitation uh, prior to this uh, meeting in the Federal Register inviting comment. I understand there was something on the order of 300 people who uh, wish to, uh, to offer comment. Uh, we'll obviously not get 300 in in the next uh, 45 minutes, but the commission, of course, is charged by uh, uh, charged by President Obama to be looking at uh, uh, bioethical issues generated by novel and emerging research in biomedicine and related areas of science and technology, uh, and to promote policies and practices that assure ethical responsibility. And remind you that the specific charge uh, on this meeting has been around uh, looking at on the topic of uh, federal standards regarding human, human subjects uh, research. Gang stalking and harassment was used to implement this non-consensual biotechnology application that is being used on me. I believe my being a non-consensual human test subject is related to the CIA's MKUltra behavior modification program that began in the 1950s. I have been and continue to be experimented on against my will and without my permission as a human test subject and as a targeted individual forced into trauma-based mind control programs. We have all gone to people who took an oath to protect and serve, who have been in commissions to investigate the unethical treatment of citizens in human experimentations. We have been denied protection and service and have been ignored by commission after commission. Enough is enough. This is America. We're supposed to be better than this. We all know what Hitler did to the Jewish people. When this all comes out, what the American government has done to their own people, it will make Hitler look like a saint. If some of you didn't get some morals, thank you, but I'll finish. Well, you, then you don't understand what we're going through. Thousands of Americans are currently suffering from chemical, electromagnetic, psychological, and physical torture with no government relief or loss. Our servicemen, prisoners, and thousands of unknowing, innocent civilians are currently being lamed, tormented, and tortured as a result of military research, medical research, pharmaceutical research, physiological and psychological studies that have virtually destroyed participants' sanity, physical well-being, reputation, and privacy. 
He said that that was very common and that they were using microwaves because they had taken really advanced EEG images of people in different emotional states, mapped those digital brainwave uh, signatures, emotional clusters of people feeling different emotional states. They said that they can take those, those digital brainwave signatures, piggyback on a certain bandwidth of microwaves as a carrier wave, and they can target people worldwide without need for a local transmitter. He confirmed all that to me and said that they use satellite to target anybody they want, and it's a very common procedure within this portion of the NSA, which is, her which is horrendous that they actually let this going on. So I think the, uh, the idea of the, of the non-consensual abuse needs to be extended to more of the covert military establishment. Uh, there are, the, what you're hearing tonight is just a, a minuscule amount of what I hear on a daily basis. This is a widespread government program that is non-consensual that is affecting many, many thousand, and it's growing daily. And the, the, the commission, I would hope, would express to Barack Obama that non-consensual, federally funded human research programs are, on, are going on and need to be addressed. And also the victims of those programs need a way to file a complaint, to talk to a commission, to talk to a task force about what is happening to them. Thank you. I'd like to offer a testable hypothesis that if these studies had been reviewed by any one of this afternoon's panelists, uh, they'd be found, without exception, to be unethical by each of the panelists. The means and methods that are being abused are electronics and directed energy that unlawfully harness human subjects for unlawful experiments, research, and other exercise, the unlawful practicing and patterning of organized war crimes, the means are electromagnetic, radio frequency, psychotronic fields, voice-to-skull techniques, and other energy weapons that harness unwilling humans against their will and criminally conspires against their rights. They're used with remote viewers as one of the means of unlawful surveillance with criminal intent to terrorize, injure, harass, intimidate, and murder, and other directed energies causing physical and mental pain, suffering, and trauma. These perpetrators torture victims in their physical control. This is cruel, unusual treatment and a terroristic hate crime that damages the subject's health, finances, dignity, employability, reputation, and human property while disrupting our mental faculties. Where is the equal protection of law that is constitutionally ours? Is it, not is it not unethical to keep that from us? Our country's government helped develop these technologies and they are forbidden to use on US nationals. That is law. To not execute laws concerning these crimes is I'm sorry, concerning these crimes is seditious conspiracy and treason. These unlawful acts are in direct violation of UN General Assembly resolutions, international humanitarian laws, and a slew of US laws and is completely unethical and irresponsible. We rightfully seek disclosure through prosecution. You need to look into this stuff because it's going mainstream. It's not just us. You're gonna be affected, your loved ones, your children, your grandchildren. You need to take a look at what's going on here. We may not be the most eloquent speakers, but um, don't thoroughly discount us. I get tortured day and night. At night, it's with nightmares and all kinds of dreams that I don't want in my head. And throughout the days, my body, they fraud with my neurological system. So they do anything to my body. Sometimes it's painful, sometimes it's... Um, it makes me sick. It makes me want to throw up. Sometimes I feel I'm going to have a heart attack. They do all kinds of things like jitter pulsating with the electromagnetic frequencies. I became what's called a targeted individual, and my life has changed unbelievably. Gang stalking, electromagnetic weapons, directed energy weapons. I even, so many people even came in my house and jerry-rigged electricity 
and I'm being electrocuted on everything. My appliances, I, I've been told that they can turn your appliances into weapons against you. So it's become a nightmare. I think I've been implanted at a VA hospital. I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. I know I'm, I'm being watched everywhere I go, surveilled, tracked like an animal. Often when I'm with people, uh, the perpetrators leave me alone, perhaps, to make it look like it's my imagination. And then often when I am alone, uh, they start hurting me. They start fatiguing me. Um, and uh, non-consensual experimentation is a total violation of human rights. It should be outlawed, you know, any non-consensual experimentation. People should not have, have to be subjected like this. And, and it would be important if you could recommend to President Obama uh, to, to change the regulation of informed consent to include even classified operations on persons and to outlaw and forever ban any non-consensual experimentation in the United States. Thank you. I am requesting that the Presidential Commission conduct an investigative hearing on non-consensual human experimentation. And I do have credible evidence. I'm submitting 1,158 videos and pictures that's been occurring for the last two years. The bioethics community has been oblivious to it, but there is international law. There is the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, the United States ratified in 1992. And it makes informed consent an absolute requirement, no exceptions, not even in emergencies, subject to those normal legal fictions of consenting for the incapacitated patient to medical care and so forth. Dr. John Hall. My name is Dr. John Hall. I'm a medical doctor from Texas. Um, as I understand the memorandum from the president, it's for you to determine if current legislation is adequate in uh, protecting individuals and if there's any ongoing experimentation. Uh, in reviewing the common rule, uh, it's very obvious that there's a lot of loopholes to informed consent. All of the horrific experiments you've mentioned, uh, Willowbrook, MKUltra, radiation experiments, mostly were done without informed consent. Uh, they were funded by the DOD and intelligence agencies, where I'm not even so sure you an IRB, much less if an IRB is looking at informed consent. Um, as a physician, um, relative to some of what you're hearing today um, in the community, we are seeing an alarming rate of complaints of use of electromagnetic weapons, uh, microwave auditory effects, silent sound spectrum, EEG cloning which has taken the lab out of the laboratory and into the home. Most of these, from the research that we reviewed, can be done remotely. Uh, it seems to be more weapons research than medical research. Um, I personally corresponded with upwards of 1,500 victims, all complaining of identical complaints from every state in the nation um, of being exposed to electromagnetic radiation, uh, non-ionizing radiation for the use of cognitive control or behavior control. Um, I've submitted a uh, paper to you, and there's a, another paper submitted to each member from another physician in Kansas City, um, alluding to the same thing. Thank you. Also, a victim of the electromagnetic torture. Where does it stop? When are we re given our rights as humans and as citizens? 
I am an eight-year victim survivor of assaults by directed energy weapons. As Susan said, we will continue to discover these. There will be another commission like yours in 10 years going over what you didn't look at or what you didn't do. So I would encourage you to be as aggressive as possible, not just describe what happened, but really condemn those who broke the law because there's doctors making decisions right now and those decisions are going the wrong way. Thank you. Thank you. I've been a um, human subject for experimentation for almost two years and I stand with, I've contacted Dr. Hall, I stand with a very large group. Excuse me, I'm very nervous, but I'm very tired of um, having my rights taken away. And thank you for hearing me. And thank you for the others. I would like some help. Thank you. Thank you. The answer is yes. It is happening today. It is happening for some of us every day. I am begging for you to help us. Thank you. I and the professionals that are standing with myself in this crime would like for this committee to consider uh, the introduction of these documents with the growing concern of this crime to the president for his review. With these hopes in mind for this consideration, I would also like to ask of this committee to consider an investigation into these unethical violations of others and myself that are affected by this crime. The thing we deal with is like a COINTELPRO attack. Law enforcement uh, attacks us, dis discredits us, will put us in a mental hospital if we try too hard. Uh, these people all don't want to go to doctors. The Patriot Act has provisions where doctors have to follow what they say. So a lot of these people aren't getting their teeth fixed, aren't going for medical care. Uh, we're in a bad situation. Hi, my name's Tammy Battaglia. I've been enrolled in psychological experiments on the record since the age of 13 without my consent. I've spent many years recovering from experimental hypnosis, physical and biological testing, that I've undergone during decades of tests conducted by government-funded doctors, corporate think tanks, and researchers. I've experienced tremendous loss and trauma over the years of subjection to non-consensual experimentation, which has been devastating to my life. The people conducting experiments on other human beings do not consider the horribly destructive ramifications that they're subjecting victims to. As a result, there is no rehabilitation after experiments. No consideration is given to the often severe psychological and physical trauma suffered by non-consensual test subjects almost continuously. Many victims, such as myself, are diagnosed with non-existent mental illnesses, and as a result, we are expected to take dangerous medications that we do not need. There's no way to seek justice for what we've endured, because in America, the land of the free, justice is not free. The experiments violate every right imaginable and offer no restitution whatsoever. If myself or any other victim approaches law enforcement, our government agencies were spurned and in some cases forcibly taken to mental institutions. I've not consented to be experimented on by any branch of the government, military, or members of the American Medical Association. But the most likely explanation is that experimentees are implanted with foreign objects either too small to appear on commercially available scanning equipment or designed to be indistinguishable from the surrounding tissue. These activities are highly deceptive use clandestine technology and have the fingerprints of the CIA all over them. It's unreasonable to expect isolated individuals receiving this treatment to furnish proof. A thorough investigation is warranted. My young child and I have been used as non-consensual test subjects. We have been subjected to COINTEL Pro-like stalking, 
remote neural monitoring, and electromagnetic torture, resulting in psychological and physical damage. Uh, and to, to uh, investigate the citizen complaints regarding mind control weapons, in particular energy technology via satellite, induced seizure via satellite, microwave auditory effect weapon, all government-sponsored psychological operations, microchipping through injections. I have been under what I, what I believe is neuromonitoring when I can think of something and go outside and somebody will walk by me and repeat what I just said, I know I'm not crazy. Okay, regardless of what, what, is, being, what is being said, they make these pro, these, uh, the victims of these programs to be uh, you know, diagnosed with a psychological illness to hide these crimes. Because we all know that to discredit an individual, if you, could, if you give them a mental illness or diagnose them with a mental illness, no one is gonna believe us. No one's going to believe you or I. And this is how they are hiding these crimes. I've relocated three or four times, and I had a deputy officer or county officer tell me, this will follow you. So when they pick their subjects, this goes with you. I would like all of this, this medical uh, abuse to be um, investigated and, if possible, for you to get back with us. They're going on because of the advances in the signal technology and in cognitive neuro, uh, neurological technology and neurophysiological experimentation and research and advances in that technology is allowing these things to happen and creating a new class of vulnerabilities uh, for citizens who cannot protect themselves against this. Okay, We provide citizens who are currently non-consensual victims of cognitive neuroscience and neurophysiological research and experimentation, which is enabled remotely through extreme low frequency computer to brain entrainment technology. This technology exists and can be verified on subjects with a high degree of accuracy using current neural imaging technologies. Okay, this is an atrocity that has gone on for years. That 90% of the people that approached you spoke the same way I am, scared, but also spoke. They're speaking of directed energy weapons. That was phased out with the non-lethal and less than lethal programs. And we all know that. Most of you do anyways. Would you please help save my life? Actually, this is a minority of us. Um, approximately, let's say, I've spoken to probably 3,000 people. Um, he's on probably 1,500. He's on 5,000. There's a lot of us across the U.S. And there's certain statistics, I think, that if you find that there is something going on wrong, that, that you're going on wrong, that, you got, that somewhere along the line somebody has to do an investigation. There's a certain percentage. It has to do with from cell phones all the way to directed energy. And I think yesterday some of the colleagues went ahead and said that we didn't really talk about whether um, there's energy weapons or not. But, I mean, I, we have thousands and thousands of documentations about energy weapons themselves. And all we're asking for is an investigation on this. People are being harmed, people are being tortured, and people are being killed. And I think it's a pretty important thing for a bioethic committee to look into. And all we ask today is to please do that. And Mark, on March 1st, 2000, actually this is a minority of us, um, Approximately, let's say, I've spoken to probably 3,000 people. Um, he's on probably 1,500. 
he's on 5,000. There's a lot of us across the U.S. And there's certain statistics, I think, that if you find that there is something going on wrong, that, that you're going on wrong, that, you got, that somewhere along the line somebody has to do an investigation. There's a certain percentage. It has to do with from cell phones all the way to directed energy. And I think yesterday some of the colleagues went ahead and said that we didn't really talk about whether um, there's energy weapons or not. But, I mean, I, we have thousands and thousands of documentations about energy weapons themselves. And all we're asking for is an investigation on this. People are being harmed. People are being tortured. And people are being killed. And I think it's a pretty important thing for a bioethic committee to look into. And all we ask today is to please do that. And Mark, on March 12th, and all we're asking for is an investigation on this. People are being harmed, people are being tortured, and people are being killed. And I think it's a pretty important thing for a bioethic committee to look into. And all we ask today is to please do that. And Mark, on March 1st, 2011, we came to you and we told and I don't know how many more people, my friends are dead tortured to death by electronic weapons. And I don't know how many more people will die. And I hope I will be here again if you have this next year. Thank you very much. Electronic harassment, synthetic telepathy, voice to school technology. Chances are you haven't heard of these terms, but after searching the internet, I found dozens of websites dedicated to the phenomenon, residents who say they're victims. We are CIs, targeted individuals. They say, they're being monitored, manipulated, and even tortured. This is not a joke. This is not science fiction. Because people know nothing about mind control. They don't know that your thoughts can be changed. Through the internet, they validated each other's experiences, and a community has formed. We're not having a group hallucination. This is actually something that's happening. They call themselves targeted individuals. This is a death camp. This is a concentration camp. Uh, I've lost just about all my friends. They're afraid, and afraid to talk to me. They just think, they think it's very effective. They think I'm crazy. My family doesn't know anything about it. I don't say a word to them. I don't know if my son knows, and I don't want anything to happen to him. Really the most important thing that we can do for victims is to connect them with others who understand what they're experiencing because no one else will. And isolation is really um, a key weapon that these perpetrators use to bring a person down to the ground, basically. If you go to see a psychiatrist, let's say it's the first time you're meeting a psychiatrist, and uh, you say, I'm under police surveillance, and the psychiatrist will write you off on suffering paranoid schizophrenia, and then he will give you medication. So we must assume that this is what America society believes, that all these government agencies, which normally watch over people, don't actually watch people at all. If anybody thinks that they are, they are being watched by this government agency, then they must be crazy. It cannot possibly be true. There really is no help at the moment officially to uh, assist target individuals. They can't go to the police. They can't go to the FBI. They can't go to Congress. There is nowhere that they can go. We are having to create the issue and also the solution. Yeah, it's a crazy world. It's a crazy world for us survivors. Oh, it certainly sure. is indeed, yeah. It makes what, what happened in the Second World War look like a tin pot. Nothing.
it's like a picnic and there was millions died do you know what i mean this is this is a no-touch torture program without any shadow of it there's no question many many times tried to get me to murder my mother members of my family mm. to take me out from society to get you thrown in jail yeah or a psych ward yeah, like yeah, yeah 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 to any normal jim bob on the street this is crazy talk yeah absolutely unbelievably crazy mm. <laughs> but the, the thing is is that we're not crazy mm. and that's the proof i mean we can prove that we're not crazy <laughs> directed energy weapons have been created to affect the human mind by altering our brainwave activity through the admission of specific frequencies and this is all being done for the purposes of mind control i told you it sounds fantastical and maybe even conspiratorial because that's what it is. People are conspiring to manipulate mankind through altered states of consciousness. And in this video, we're going to lay out some of the patents that have been filed to do just that. So let's do it. All right, we'll start with this one here. U.S. Patent 5036858A, Method and Apparatus for Changing Brainwave Frequency. And this one was filed back in 1990. Next, we have Method and Apparatus of Varying the Brain State of a Person by Means of an Audio Signal. Again, this was filed back in 1990. Moving on, Method and Apparatus for Translating the EEG into Music and to induce and control various psych psychological and physiological states and to control a musical instrument filed back in 1987. Method and apparatus for inducing and establishing a changed state of consciousness filed in 1990. Silent subliminal presentation systems here filed around the same time, 1989. And they go on here with more uh, subliminals, methods of inducing mental, emotional, and physical states of consciousness include specific mental activity in human beings. This one is wild, again, 1990, nervous system manipulation by electromagnetic fields from monitors. Check this one out. Method of an apparatus for inducing desired states of consciousness. Once again, this is improved methods and an apparatus for entertaining human brain patterns employing frequency following response or FFR techniques, uh, facilitate attainment of desired states of consciousness. Method and an associated apparatus for remotely determining information as to a person's emotional state. Thought transmission unit sends modulated electromagnetic wave beams to human receiver to influence thoughts and actions without an electronic receiver. This one filed back in uh, 2002. A thought transmission unit sends modulated electromagnetic wave beams over long distances to a human receiver to influence the thoughts, actions, or perceptions of the organism with or without their consent, but without them requiring electronic receiver. This is absolutely phenomenal technology being filed for patents back in 2002. Moving on, we have electronic fringe field generator for manipulating nervous systems filed back in 1998. Communication system and method including brainwave analysis and or use of brain activity. This is getting right into the sci-fi filed in 1998. Apparatus for audibly communicating speech using the radio frequency hearing effect. Now we're getting into transmitting voices directly into people's heads. We're talking about uh, putting speech 
through various frequencies being decoded by the human brain as an actual voice. Multifunctional radio frequency directed energy systems. Okay, now we're getting into the literal weapons. This was designed by Raytheon Company, a, a defense company. Pulsative manipulation of the nervous system filed back in 1998. Uh, we also have methods and devices for producing a desired brain state filed back in 2000. We had the apparatus and the method for remotely monitoring and altering brain waves. A lot of research of drugs, vaccinations, and who knows what else is going to be housed under the umbrella of this 21st Century Cures Act, which now has been amended to say they can waive con informed consent if it poses no more than minimal risk or if it's in the contrary to your best interests. Because as we all know, the government knows what's best for you. CDC, Health and Human Services, they know what's best for you and your children and your family. You don't know what that is. You need the government bureaucracy to tell you what that is. If you don't have informed consent in clinical trials and experimentation on people, then how does anyone know they're not part of an experiment? How, because you don't, if the people doing t testing the drugs and testing the vaccines don't have to tell you that you're part of it and they don't have to get your consent, they don't have to inform you what they're doing and then get your consent after they've meaningfully informed you of what they're giving you, then how the hell does anyone know, right? I had to ask myself if it was fake news because I thought, oh, come on, there's no way they actually did that. And I had to actually go myself and look up this bill. If you go and look at the language that is in this bill, it is very ambiguous. If you go look up what a developmental disability is, I mean, you're talking about things like bipolar disorder, ADD and ADHD are considered developmental disabilities. I mean, can you imagine a world where the police can decide who needs to have a microchip to be tracked. There are people who believe the Constitution should be literally followed and the words that the Constitution actually says should be followed. I mean, the founders of this country would, of course, uh, if they were around today, would be at the top of this administration's no-fly list. My understanding, I was told that in the Senate, it was likewise breezed through. Somebody went on the Senate floor when other senators weren't there, maybe two people or so, and said, I ask unanimous consent that this bill be passed, hearing no objection, so ordered. Not much of a vote. We didn't even have a hearing and subcommittee, committee. We didn't, where we bring witnesses, talk to experts, talk to people involved, see what the problem is, see if the cure is worse than the problem. And uh, we didn't have that. We didn't have constitutional experts talk about the indications for our future freedom. I mean, this is evil. By even talking about getting rid of informed consent, by not allowing you to opt out of the system, it makes you a slave. That is slavery. You can use whatever name or euphemism you want for it. What it boils down to is a system where you will do what you're told. You will be experimented on and you have no option. If that is the system they get through in the name of the greater good, and the system they get through because they tell you they've tested it and it's safe, and this is the greatest scientific advance in hundreds of years, if they tell you you're not allowed to say no and that you do not have 
the right to decide what goes in your body or when you draw the line, then there's just no other word for it. You're a slave. Would it be right then for the RCMP to have more powers to help bring public safety and security to its highest possible level? Bill C-51 goes too far. The definitions are too vast. The scope goes way beyond anything that's required or at least for which any evidence has been brought forward by the government. They're also incapable of saying what's not there now that they're adding with this bill. I've asked Mr. Harper any number of times this week to give examples. He can't do that. I asked the Minister of Justice to provide examples of what it means to allow CSIS to disrupt. They can't explain that either. It's so very deeply unconstitutional to allow a CSIS agent to go to a judge in a secret hearing to get a warrant, not just to break the law, but to violate the Constitution. This is, this is deeply anti-democratic and absolutely unacceptable in a democracy. It didn't take a federal court for us to know that this was unlawful, but it is nice to see that the courts do see it in this way. And additionally, these CSIS agents actually lied to these judges about this data collection, so I'm sure that helped. Humans have been known to commit outrageous acts towards each other, with wars, atomic weapons, and acts of terrorism continuing despite the advancement in society. But one thing that remains unforgettable is the performing of experiments on our fellow species in order to advance our knowledge. Today, we reveal 20 of the most disturbing human experiments conducted throughout history that will send chills down your spine. Number 20, newborn experiments. During the early 1960s, researchers at the University of California started experiments on newborns to study changes in blood pressure and blood flow. Using 113 of these infants, they inserted tubes into babies through the umbilical arteries and into the aorta, and even submerged the babies in ice water for the sake of testing aortic pressure. Separately, in another experiment, they forcefully tilted the babies upside down to cause blood to rush to their heads, just so their blood pressure could be monitored. Number 19, vaginal surgery without anesthesia. Before gynecology became a proper field in medicine, pioneer Dr. J. Marion Sims, who headed the experiment on the repair of part of the vagina, experimented on 14 enslaved women with the catastrophic complication from childbirth. Although he was hailed as the father of modern gynecology, it cannot be denied that this title came at the expense of his morality. Despite anesthesia becoming available recently, Sims did not use any form of it in his procedures and allowed the slave women to bear the great pain, even justifying his actions based on the women's race. Number 18, boiling water as a cure for pneumonia. In the 1940s, one doctor, Walter Jones, suggested that the torturous act of pouring boiling water on patients infected with typhoid pneumonia could be a treatment for the disease. Drove by the eagerness to find a cure for the disease before it affected his own loved ones, Dr. Walter Jones carried out the treatment on slaves, which included a 25-year-old man made to lie down and receive five gallons of boiling water on his back every four hours. Number 17, the Aversion Project. During South Africa's apartheid, a medical torture program led by Dr. Aubrey Levin saw the identification of gay soldiers being submitted to chemical castration and electric shock treatments. The treatments were intended to cure their homosexuality, and if a soldier failed it, they would be forced into a sex change operation and given fake birth certificates. Of course, most reassignment surgeries were left incomplete as the victims could not afford to pay for the artificial hormones needed. Number 16, the Milgram experiment. 
The Milgram experiment, conducted by Yale University psychologists, was a set of social psychology experiments conducted to test the willingness of study participants against an authority figure who instructed them to perform acts in conflict with their personal conscience. Participants had to act as an enforcer of punishments in the form of electrical shocks on their victims, based on the order given by the head of the experiment. The end result saw 65% of participants administering the most severe punishment on their victims, although they displayed signs of tension and stress, such as profuse sweating, stuttering, trembling, and groaning. The experiment later received backlash from the public due to the extreme emotional stress inflicted on the participants. Number 15, forced gender swap. Disgraced psychologist John Money was the source of frustration for Canadian man David Peter Reimer. David Reimer was reassigned as a girl and raised female, according to the advice of John Money, after a failed circumcision which burned his penis off beyond surgical repair. John Money believed that gender identity was primarily learned and was adamant that his experiment on Reimer was successful. Meanwhile, academic sexologist Milton Diamond later reported that Reimer failed to identify as a female since age 9 and later lived as a male at age 15 onwards. Sadly, Reimer committed suicide after years of depression from his awful childhood experience at age 38. Number 14, Hepatitis Experiment in Mental Institution. Willowbrook State School was an institution for children with intellectual disability in New York City until outbreaks of Hepatitis A turned the school into a medical study in the late 1950s and 70s. Gruesome experiments to discover how the hepatitis virus spread included feeding live hepatitis virus to 60 healthy children, and the lead researcher watched as the children's eyes turned yellow and they started vomiting. The researcher, Saul Krugman, justified his inoculation of the retarded children at Willowbrook by saying they would get hepatitis anyway, except his experiment made sure the chances were at 100%. Number 13, electroshock therapy on children. From 1940 to 1953, Dr. Loretta Bender, a child neuropsychiatrist practicing at Bellevue Hospital in New York City, experimented on electroshock therapy to cure children diagnosed with autistic schizophrenia. Over the course of the 13 years, Bender administered electroshocks to over 100 children, claiming excellent results on the children. However, she soon came out privately to say she was disappointed with the after effects shown by the subjects. Years later, some of Bender's patients had grown into convicted murders and others in prison for violent crimes. Number 12, radiation tolerance test on black cancer patients. In 1960 to 1971, the Pentagon funded a study to
electrical castration and electric shock treatments. The treatments were intended to cure their homosexuality, and if a soldier failed it, they would be forced into a sex change operation and given fake birth certificates. Of course, most reassignment surgeries were left incomplete as the victims could not afford to pay for the artificial hormones needed. Number 16, the Milgram experiment. The Milgram experiment, conducted by Yale University psychologists, was a set of social psychology experiments conducted to test the willingness of study participants against an authority figure who instructed them to perform acts in conflict with their personal conscience. Participants had to act as an enforcer of punishments in the form of electrical shocks on their victims based on the order given by the head of the experiment. The end result saw 65% of participants administering the most severe punishment on their victims, although they displayed signs of tension and stress, such as profuse sweating, stuttering, trembling, and groaning. The experiment later received backlash from the public due to the extreme emotional stress inflicted on the participants. Number 15, forced gender swap. Disgraced psychologist John Money was the source of frustration for Canadian man David Peter Reimer. David Reimer was reassigned as a girl and raised female, according to the advice of John Money, after a failed circumcision which burned his penis off beyond surgical repair. John Money believed that gender identity was primarily learned and was adamant that his experiment on Reimer was successful. Meanwhile, academic sexologist Milton Diamond later reported that Reimer failed to identify as a female since age 9 and later lived as a male at age 15 onwards. Sadly, Reimer committed suicide after years of depression from his awful childhood experience at age 38. Number 14, Hepatitis Experiment in Mental Institution. Willowbrook State School was an institution for children with intellectual disability in New York City until outbreaks of hepatitis A turned the school into a medical study in the late 1950s and 70s. Gruesome experiments to discover how the hepatitis virus spread included feeding live hepatitis virus to 60 healthy children, and the lead researcher watched as the children's eyes turned yellow and they started vomiting. The researcher, Saul Krugman, justified his inoculation of the retarded children at Willowbrook by saying they would get hepatitis anyway, except his experiment made sure the chances were at 100%. Number 13, electroshock therapy on children. From 1940 to 1953, Dr. Loretta Bender, a child neuropsychiatrist practicing at Bellevue Hospital in New York City, experimented on electroshock therapy to cure children diagnosed with autistic schizophrenia. Over the course of the 13 years, Bender administered electroshocks to over 100 children, claiming excellent results on the children. However, she soon came out privately to say she was disappointed with the after effects shown by the subjects. Years later, some of Bender's patients had grown into convicted murders and others in prison for violent crimes. Number 12, radiation tolerance test on black cancer patients. In 1960 to 1971, the Pentagon funded a study to find out how many of its soldiers would be able to survive an atomic attack by testing the experiment on African-American cancer patients. The patients were not presented consent forms and were subjected to full body radiation in the context that they were receiving treatment for their cancer. Each patient received up to 20,000 x-rays worth of radiation within an hour, and up to a quarter of them died of radiation poisoning immediately. Number 11, Agent Orange Experiment. Dermatologist Albert Kligman was a distinguished dermatologist who led the controversial experiment of Agent Orange on prisoners at Holmesburg. He exposed 75 inmates with extremely high doses of dioxin, 
and took a little effort to assure the safety of the subjects. Many were intentionally exposed to pathogens causing infections such as herpes, all for the sake of learning how the skin would protect itself against chronic assault from toxic chemicals. Number 10, mustard gas tests. The US Navy was not short of their controversy, especially in the summer of 1942. Afraid of Germany and Japan poisoning their sailors in the Second World War, the military thought it would be good to test the protectiveness of their military clothing and gas masks on human beings as animals did not fare so well in their experiments. The result was 2,500 unknown sailors being placed into a small army encampment called Edgewood in Maryland and poisoned with mustard gas inside a small cell before being dragged out upon experiencing the horrible burns from the gas. Number 9. Project QK Hilltop CIA was known for its avid study on brainwashing, including Project QK Hilltop in 1954, where they attempted to study Chinese brainwashing techniques in order to develop their own methods of interrogation. The studies were performed by Dr. Harold Wolf and would see the use of secret drugs and other procedures to damage the brain of victims. Number 8. Project 4.1 this particular project was started by the United States after residents from the Marshall Islands were exposed to radioactive fallout from a nuclear test in March 1954. Unfortunately, instead of notifying the residents and providing aid to them, the government decided to remain quiet and simply monitor their health responses. The results were astounding after a decade, with miscarriages and stillbirths doubling within the first five years and subsequently a disproportionate number of children suffering from thyroid cancer. Number 7. Project MKUltra The illegal experiments were given the code name MKUltra and were designed by CIA to identify and develop drugs to be used for mind control in order to force confessions. The program lasted from the early 1950s to 1973, with many unknowing U.S. and Canadian citizens being used as test subjects. This included drugs such as LSD, hypnosis, verbal and sexual abuse, along with torture in order to influence and control the minds of resistant subjects. Number 6. Monster Study Conducted by Wendell Johnson, an American psychologist, the monster study was a stuttering experiment performed on 22 orphan children in Iowa in 1939. The experiment aimed to see if stuttering could be induced in healthy children and was done by belittling the children for their speech imperfections. These included branding non-stuttering youngsters as having speech impediments and telling them not to speak unless they can do it right. The results were shocking, but not for a good reason, as many of the children suffered negative psychological effects with some retaining speech problems for the rest of their lives. Number five, North Korea human experimentation. North Korea remains one of the few countries in the world that is isolated due to their authoritarian regime with human experimentation being carried out consistently. From the accounts of several North Korean defectors and prison guards, they described experiments where 50 healthy women prisoners were given poisoned cabbage leaves to eat. Within 20 minutes, all 50 women were dead from vomiting blood and anal bleeding. Not to mention Camp 22, where laboratories were armed with gas chambers for suffocation gas experiments, along with doctors that practiced surgery on prisoners without anesthesia, just to gather studies on physical resistance from prisoners. Number 4. Poison Laboratory of the Soviet Secret Services the covert research and development facility by the Soviet secret police agencies was first created by Grigory Marinovsky, 
to create a tasteless, odorless chemical that could kill its victims and not be detected post-mortem. During the initial stages, mustard gas, ricin, and cyanide were tested on mostly criminals and political prisoners in the form of meals, drinks, and medication. Finally, the gas named C2 derived from carbolamine's choline chloride was made and would kill the victim within 15 minutes, silencing them and weakening them physically. Before the drug was finalized, a large number of victims of varying physical conditions and age were brought together to paint a complete picture of the action that the poison would display. Number three, Tuskegee Institute syphilis experiment. One of the history's most infamous experiments, a total of 600 poor African-American sharecroppers from Alabama were recruited to study the progression of untreated syphilis. However, somewhere along the way, funding for the treatment was lost, but the men were never informed and the experiment continued, with most of them being infected by the disease without their consent. The end result saw a large number of dead men with 40 wives contracting the disease and 19 children born with congenital syphilis. Number two, Nazi experiments. Dr. Joseph Mengele was a lead researcher in the experiments conducted on Jews and Russians during the Holocaust. The number of experiments performed was horrendous, ranging from isolation in a low pressure chamber, surgeries without anesthesia, freezing experiments, and forcing the victims to drink seawater. Of course, it would be a condolence if the data from these experiments were recorded, but Mengele destroyed all of it when arrested, leading to conclusions that the experiments were conducted out of sadism. Number one, Unit 731. The Japanese were notorious for carrying out some of the most horrendous war crimes, with Unit 731 being a famous research unit responsible for it. Most of the victims being experimented on in the department were Chinese, Koreans, and Mongolians. The victims were subjected to vivisection without anesthesia, frostbite testing, rape, and forced pregnancy, along with other tests to determine how much humans could endure. Sadly, the researchers from these experiments were given immunity by the U.S. in exchange for the data they gathered from their human experimentations, proving once again that knowledge precedes morality in the world we live in today. With all these horrific experiments conducted throughout history, it is no wonder people have lost faith in humanity. Do you think the advancement of science is sufficient reason for such unethical acts? When I learn of incidents such as the massacre of millions of men, women, and children perpetrated by the Nazis in World War II, how is it possible, I ask myself, that ordinary people who are courteous and decent in everyday life can act callously, inhumanely, without any limitations of conscience? The problem I wanted to study was a little different, it went a little bit further. It was the issue of authority. Under what conditions would a person obey authority who commanded actions that went against conscience? So he studied a thousand ordinary citizens. So all evil begins with the ideology of something good, like our evil in, in Iraq and wherever we are is we're protecting national security. That's the, same, that's the same ideology that Hitler used, that dictators everywhere use. So one of you is going to be the learner, one is going to be the teacher. The teacher is actually the real subject, the learner is a confederate. Uh, and so and you have the experiment in the lab coat who's going to give the, the orders. And every time he makes a mistake, you have to press a button that gives an electric shock. And you start at 15 volts. All evil begins with 15 volts. He doesn't even feel it. You press a button, nothing happens. But that's, you're now on the path, the slippery slope, because it, it increases 15, 30, 45. And suddenly the guy starts screaming and yelling and wants to quit. And again, it's, it's uh, random. And down when you get here, it says danger, severe shock. Uh, extreme shock, triple X, 
would anyone go to 450 volts? Well, Milgram asked 40 psychiatrists to make their estimate. They said only 1%, because that's sadistic behavior and only sadists would do that. That's the dispositional orientation in practice. Was it 1%? No. It was 65%. Two of three of 1,000 people went all the way to the end. The guy is screaming, yelling, I have a heart condition, I, I quit, I don't want to go on. And, and you dissent. That makes you feel good, but you don't quit, you don't disobey. There's actually 16 different experiments, and each one he varies one aspect of the social situation. In study 16, 91% go all the way. Study 16, you first see somebody like you go all the way. Nine out of 10 of you go all the way. In study five, you see people like you rebel, 90% of the time you rebel. So that says we are powerful social models. We model goodness, as we're promoting here, and it, it's infectious. You model, you model evil, and it's also similarly infectious. It provides a model for good or bad behavior. At least if, if I can do anything, if I can achieve anything by exposing this issue to the general public, it could be that it takes away these criminals' right to destroy people's lives with this because it's terrible what's happening to people. I mean, what kind of a country do we live in where you can't say certain things or do certain things without our own government using these subversive, underhanded tactics to drive you crazy? Into what they were doing, he went, is this lawful? Is this constitutional? And even if it's both, is it right? And unfortunately, they found that many of those things weren't the case. Now, why I say this was born out of an radical act of lawbreaking that many people forget, well, it's because these things continue. This is not a radical departure uh, from the operation of intelligence agencies. This is what they do in the dark. This is what happens when you're not looking. This is what happens when they get enough leash, when they get comfortable enough that they won't be held to the account uh, of the public or the law when they go too far. Are these activities unlawful? Are they unconstitutional? Are they contrary to the values of the nation? Uh, are they waste, fraud, or abuse of the government's authorities? The governments don't like to ask permission. Governments don't like to follow procedures. Governments don't like to be bound by the same laws that you and I are. When they draft these laws, they create exceptions. When there aren't enough exceptions, they make their own. And as long as they have this shield of the state secrets privilege, this sort of shade of secrecy that they can uh, cover their actions with, by the time we the people, by the time journalists, by the time the public learns about them, the officials who are most responsible for these violations of our rights are often out of office. And this is why, the only reason this continues, sorry, the only reason this kind of uh, paradigm can continue is because we don't punish officials who do this, even in the most egregious cases. There is an ongoing pattern in practice of attempting to clear officers of clearly illegal, unconstitutional and improper conduct. Until the system starts to hold the officers who do these things responsibly, it's going to keep happening again and again. These are modern-day pirates, these guys. They have escaped, essentially, the control of national governments, but they're available for use by national governments. They'll, they're perfectly happy to subvert domestic law, international law, because they have a higher goal in their own mind. They will continue to carry on covert operations. I think this has been going on forever. They make laws which are for us that they don't seem to be able to... Uh, they don't apply them to themselves very often. 
And who is going to inhibit them? The gangsters that are running this country is going to inhibit somebody. We will have to make a decision as a country, both Congress and executive, that we will not tolerate this kind of activity and we will go after the perpetrators. These people do have faces when we talk about the shadow government or we talk about the secret team. It's not something totally amorphous. These people are identifiable and can be brought to justice. The content of our thoughts is our own, private, secret, unknowable by anyone else, until now, that is. Neuroscience research into how we think and what we're thinking is advancing at a stunning rate, making it possible for the first time in human history to peer directly into the brain to read out the physical makeup of our thoughts. Some would say to read our minds. I always tell my students that there is no science fiction anymore. All the science fiction I read in high school, we're doing. A beam of light that would be projected onto your forehead, it would go a couple of millimeters into your frontal cortex, and then receptors would get the reflection of that light from their brain activation patterns. You're reading their mind. We're identifying the thought that's occurring. It's Whoa. incredible, just incredible. In translating your thoughts into speech using mm. a computer program, we want to develop an implantable device that decodes the signals that occur in the brain when we think about a word and then turn these signals into a sound file that can be reproduced by a speech device. We're talking about the next generation of technology that's going to basically be used against the public. We're talking about some real minority report level Orwellian nightmare stuff here. Decoding your internal speech. We can build models of various aspects of language, you know, uh, phonetics and syntax and semantics. And then once you have those models, you can actually decode uh, language. Hmm. Now, of course, the obvious application of that is decoding internal speech. And once you decode internal speech, then you essentially have, a, you know, the sort of worst possible brain decoding device. Your thoughts will be criminalized. This is just... Anything that is in current conscious awareness can potentially be decoded. Lawyers are already talking about your rights to cognitive liberty. Again, shouldn't this be a given? Why are we talking about this like it's something that is in question? It says that it would entitle people to make free and competent decisions regarding the use of technology that can affect their thoughts. In other words, they have technology that can affect your thoughts. And a right to mental privacy would protect individuals against unconsented to intrusion by third parties into their brain data. People like this guy, they always go off on this topic like it's, there's no possible downsides to this technology at all. That it's all going to be amazing when we all plug our brains right into our computers. And what could possibly go wrong? I don't understand what we're so scared of losing. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get what the downsides would be. He thinks this should be the singular focus of the human race to hack and decode the brain and put a computer chip in it so AI and advanced computing systems can direct us, can change our memories. And he's openly talking about creating perfect memories, deleting bad memories, living experiences, you know, as if you were a cowboy in the 1800s or having people buy and sell their memories. Yeah, total through, recall. Exactly. All this dystopic fiction is coming true. 
but the creepiest part is that they're trying to push this on the public. They're trying to make it sound trendy. And the guy's literally talking about how this is going to be a democratized technology like smartphones. They want them in everyone's hands. They don't only want the rich and powerful and the wealthy and the trendy to have them. They want poor and average people to have them too. Brain chips in your head. Today you've got the smartphone. Tomorrow they'll be in your head. Says right now these technologies could exacerbate social inequalities and offer corporations, hackers, governments, or anyone else new ways to exploit and manipulate people. Yeah, you got that right. When they're in, literally in your brain. Is the issue going to be privacy? Will these devices be able to read your thoughts as you walk around the same way cameras now capture your image? Well, we already know after having looked into this that the answer to that is yes. And they talk about autonomy. Will devices that read your thoughts and autofill what you want to do next make you feel like your free will has been hijacked? The ethical thinking has been insufficient. That statement is so underwhelming. There's an array of ethical questions. Does inserting a chip into someone's brain mediate their brain circuitry and change their identity? Might it eventually lead to the ability to simply treat ourselves when feeling blue, a sort of high-tech take on Aldous Huxley's Soma? Could you use a DBS device to hack into someone's brain or control them or enhance them? Is it potentially dangerous in the wrong hands? So it can completely change people's personalities. They go on to say that it can make you a different person. It can make all the people around you think you've changed because ultimately I don't think they've really figured out all of the different interconnections of the brain, which is one of the most complicated machines, if you will, on the planet. And I don't think they fully know what they're doing when they're in there. Not even to this day. They just act like they do, but they want in there bad. It's the only place left that they haven't hacked. And it should just be on the record that these are the kinds of technologies that they were working on back during the CIA's MKUltra. Just saying. So this is something that they've been working on for a very long time now. They've just now decided they're going to start rolling it out and pushing it in everyone's face because obviously behind the scenes, they've only been perfecting it since the 50s. Absolutely. And the technology is now what's holding them up. It's the public's acceptance and usage and compliance with this stuff. Why don't you just open your brain up and put the NSA, the CIA, the government, just put them right inside your head, okay? In 1984, George Orwell wrote that nothing was your own anymore except the few cubic centimeters inside your skull. And what I'm saying is they're going to make it to where you don't even have that. I'm, I'm pretty horrified about where they're taking this and how far this is about to go. And they've only been working on this since World War II. This is the New World Order, guys. This is the New World Order they were always working on since that time. This is the evolution of the new world man who will live in the one peaceful world. This is what it is. Welcome to the New World Order. It'll start out consensual, but it's not going to end that way. These organizations like DARPA, they always come out with this stuff. They're like, we just want to help elderly people with Alzheimer's. That's the whole reason, because we're the Huggy Kissy Foundation of Awesome that just loves your grandma. And that's just not what's going on. They're the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. They're a military agency. They make weapons. They're not there because they just want to cure 
every little boo-boo and hurt feeling you ever had from a bad thing that happened to you. People there are working on, on behavioral design. It's programmable behavior, neural design. Do you, do you understand what I'm telling you? They've been experimenting on people's brains for years and years and years trying to figure stuff like that out. And if they did, do you think they would tell you? And if they told you, do you think you would be told the real aims behind it? You wouldn't be. We're all compartmentalized. And here we are right now watching the Worldwide Brain Initiative go down right in front of our faces. Like, it's just going to be so great because you know how much the government and the military and all of the elite foundations only have your best interest at heart. Actually, they started working on this stuff during World War II, and they've never stopped. And so these, these things are decades old when they're claiming they can do these kinds of things. And we have no idea what they have today because we know that the technology they show to the public is usually decades behind the technology that's actually being perfected and worked on. And so you have to wonder. Finally, a right to psychological continuity might preserve people's mental life from external alteration by third parties. That is a really nice way of saying someone else messes with your mind, changes your mind, goes in beyond your consciousness and messes with your head, changes your thoughts and feelings. I mean, the Air Force, I did a story about this a while back, is paying for studies where they use magnets and change people's belief in God. I mean, back during MKUltra, they kept all this stuff a secret. Today, they're just openly doing the brain initiative, which just like MKUltra, features a lot of your favorites, such as the Rockefeller Foundation and DARPA. But today, when they talk about it, they openly say exactly what they're doing. They plan on trying to hack the soul. They put that on the cover of MIT magazines, hacking your soul. And they just openly say, we're going to go inside there and mess with your memories. And there are researchers coming out now talking about erasing bad memories. It's <laughs> harmful manipulations of neuroactivity through the misuse of technology would pretty much sum up, in my opinion, everything that I know about MKUltra and what they were really trying to do there. So now they're just openly asking this question. And I guess George Orwell had it wrong because in the smart Internet of Things grid future that they're building, you don't even apparently have a right to the few cubic centimeters inside your skull. We're supposed to have unalienable rights. I don't need a piece of paper with those rights written down on it. They're supposed to be unalienable, God-given. but once they put them down on the piece of paper, they sure do like to screw with them, don't they? We don't even have this. We don't even have cognitive liberty written down somewhere because it was supposed to be a given. After all the things I've researched in the last five years, I can tell you that this is one of the biggest threats that we as individuals face. You're going to keep ratcheting up this technology and if you think there isn't going to be backdoors built into that, the way there are backdoors built into every Windows operating system that's ever been created, well, I don't know what to tell you. People don't understand. This is coming. This is the biggest threat we face. And people don't get it. When I talk about it, people think I'm crazy. Well, that's what happens after you read the conference notes of these people who are working on this project for decades. And you look at the declassified documents and you spend hours of your life 
pulling books out of storage at libraries so you can read what these people were talking about back in 1942. And I'm just telling you, they've been planning this for a really long, they, this system that is coming, this beast system that is coming, this smart grid, smart derisive air quotes, grid internet of things system that just merges you with technology that's coming. There's a reason they're trying to dehumanize everybody to get you onto that. I mean, what's left? If they're gonna start screwing with your neural activity without your conscious consent, what's left? This is the most depressing video I've ever recorded. How do we do all of this? So this may be your first time hearing about a direct neural interface. And um, in the middle of the screen up there is actually an example of one of the, the types of neural interfaces that we're using in humans today. So this is a sensor array. It's about four by four millimeters. And on this sensor array, there are 96 sensors. Each one of the tips uh, uh, on that little array can detect between one and three neurons in your brain. All right, and we have the technology in order to identify those neurons amplify their activity. There's minuscule signals actually happening in your brain. You can send those signals into a computer and that computer can interpret what all of those signals actually mean when you're thinking about trying to do something. And we can place these sensors anywhere in your brain or even in your peripheral nervous system, right? These are the nerves that are outside of, uh, of your brain, okay? So while you may have thought of neurotechnology as I've just described to you as being something way off in the future, it's actually a technology that exists today and we're actually using it with humans. So this is Nathan taking these cones and he's kind of building this structure. He's doing all of this just by thinking about it. You can see he's not moving his own arms. He's just producing the neural signals directly from his brain and stacking those cones. We know that these technologies are extremely powerful. And we also know that they can be used for good or for ill. We're living in a giant science experiment, ladies and gentlemen. That is what's going on. And I'm not even going to sit here and go through the literally hundreds of patents that you can go find right now at the U.S. Patent Office about how they can use electromagnetic frequencies, RF, all this to target the central nervous system, to turn switches off and on, and make all kinds of things happen in people. This is something they've been studying since the Second World War, like I said. So they've decided what we really need is an inexpensive, easy to use neural recording device. And the first reason they say we need it right here is that having EEGs in every classroom in America would engage students in science and technology in a way not previously possible in the field of neuroscience. Teachers could design lesson plans in the biology about the brain and sensory systems and use hands-on demonstrations to engage the students Students could record their own brain activity and download the data to their iPads. Then it goes on to say you could include a portable EEG in a military first aid kit to help with traumatic brain injury diagnosis. Hello, okay. So number one, DARPA's main concern is not the including of it as a military first aid device, which actually does make sense and is a way to justify such a thing. No, no, they want to have portable brain reading devices put into every classroom in America so that students can scan their brain activity and download it into their iPad. Scientists have done experiments with rats and they have chips in the rat's brain. And what they did was they taught a rat how to do certain things. And when the rat did all these complex things, it could get food. Now, 
It took the rat weeks to learn that. Weeks. But then they hooked the rat's brain uh, chip to the internet. And they had another rat in another city. And instantly they connected those two rats' brains. And do you know what happened? The other rat knew how to get the food right away. It didn't have to learn anything. The knowledge was transferred from one brain of a living animal to another brain. That is amazing. That opens up a world of possibilities. Because if they can do that in rats today, imagine 10 years from now what they can do in humans. And we will go there. So, mind-to-mind -mind communication. This is something of science fiction that we all read about. But this is actually possible today, as I just showed you. They can implant memories in your head that you don't have. They could erase memories. They could control you in, in ways that you wouldn't even know you're being controlled. Is this scary? So I painted on the hand a heaven, but there is also a hell, right? This is heaven and hell. We are on the cusp of this technology that is so powerful and has the potential to so radically transform our lives and our existence, and we have to be very careful about how we do this. We don't want people controlling us. So think about this. Think very carefully. Everybody in this room are very smart people. You're all highly educated. We are going to be making these decisions that lay the groundwork for this technology in our lifetime. And those decisions will affect the rest of humanity more than any decisions we have made in the past. I think there's probably going to be a lot that happens in uh, genetics and in a uh, human-machine brain interface, like essentially a cyborg brain interface. Mm -hmm. Musk is afraid of the day AI gets smarter than us and we can't turn it off. That's actually the nightmare scenario that a lot of people, not just Musk, are warning about. Hollywood mined our fears of machines taking over mankind. But some of the tech world's greatest minds worry it may not be pure science fiction. Famed physicist Stephen Hawking is also worried, as is Microsoft founder Bill Gates, who ironically helped lay the foundation for artificial intelligence, or AI. As we create uh, superintelligence, that it will necessarily always uh, have the same goals in mind that we do. You know? I'm really quite close to, very close to the, to the cutting edge in AI. And it scares the hell out of me. Um, it's capable of vastly more than almost anyone knows. And the rate of improvement is exponential. This is extremely important. Um, I think the danger of AI is much greater than the, the, the danger of nuclear warheads by a lot. Mark my words, AI is far more dangerous than nukes, far. You know, the, the, the transhumanists will always argue that it's in the, we're doing this for the betterment of mankind. I mean, they always pull that one, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not for the betterment of mankind. Transhumanism is just flat out dangerous, and it's basically aligning humans and AI. And uh, I can think of very few uh, more nefarious things uh, that a government can do than to mess with somebody's mind. Seriously. And they've been doing I mean, it for a long time. And they've been doing it for a very long time. Now, this gives you an indication that there may be a, a few things they did that they didn't want the public to know.
there are those who are strongly advocating that we begin altering humans at the um, germline genetic level so that we can make superior people who will then pass on forever those improvements as they perceive them to the to the human bloodline and that's one of the scariest parts in the this germline genetic engineering because it could permanently undo what we know as the human genetic makeup but of course what you're also really saying is that you will undo humans as they were made by god permanently we have crossed that really important line in the sand and now we're doing it most of the church is completely unaware of what is coming and how soon it's going to be here what christians should be doing is educating themselves in educating others and discussing the ethics that are involved in transhumanism and the coming human enhancement revolution because it is going to impact all of our lives in one way or another and probably sooner than most people uh, would believe so much is happening right now and we're reaching a point where we can do things that we never thought were possible the people that get these chips in their heads how do they know for certain who's got control of that chip how do they know that chip couldn't turn you into a robot turn, turn you into a manchurian candidate remember along with all the good things behind the curtain evil will be lurking and someone will be there to use this for bad rather than good and i think that's what we really have to be afraid of jesse this sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie what do you think about humans evolving into a species of man gods in other words a species that plays god by tinkering with nature well uh young frankenstein comes to mind with gene wilder <laughs> yeah no it's a scary thing when they start talking about this because that's in essence what you're kind of talking about here aren't we yeah. frankenstein you know creating people man creating people who runs these genes who's going to be in charge of all this stuff this is scary stuff to me when we start tinkering with mother nature and all that that's what man does and can man end up being his own worst enemy we might find out in this right it could either be very positive or very negative we could end up being immortal a gene editing technique known as CRISPR-Cas9 allows scientists to add, remove, or change genetic material in an organism's genome. Now, gene editing has shown promise in the prevention and treatment of certain diseases. It may one day also be used to fight aging and even create designer babies. Jesse, what do you think about designer babies or designer animal babies? Is this crazy? <laughs> well, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it's not crazy, Brigida. It may be reality yeah. uh, of a crack in creation, gene editing, and the unthinkable power to control evolution. Uh, you can bet on this. Whatever weapons our government is using right now, you can damn well be sure they've had them for well over 20 to 25 years. And I do believe they sit on weapons currently that none of us have any idea that they have uh, they only let us know about the ones that they've been using for a long time and any new stuff will be uh brought to us in a surprise probably and when you really start to research just what's been declassified just the information that's out there when you read the documents yourselves and you start really looking through the books and the writings of some of these people 
and you realize all of this, it it's pretty clear that this is one of the biggest threats that we actually face today. Behind all the stuff they tell you in the media, behind all the other stuff that's going on that they flash in front of your face to distract you, this is a serious situation. You start to see how it all comes together. You realize it was no accident at all that Nelson Rockefeller got in as VP in December of 1974 after they pushed Nixon out, right before Nelson would then run the Commission on CIA Activities within the U.S., which has also been come to known as the Rockefeller Commission, which obviously mentioned, right, how much his family was culpable for the design and funding of the MKUltra program. No, not at all. So this is something so much bigger than the CIA trying to make Manchurian candidates. He had already done that experiment to rats, cats, monkeys, and people. So he was already doing that in human beings. By the time he was showing off everyone that he could do it in a bull, they were even doing it to dolphins. I mean, they were doing it to all kinds of animals back then, putting electrodes in the brains and finding out which stimulations caused what behaviors. And they could cause any kind of behavior. They could cause happiness, sadness. They could make a heterosexual start to have homosexual leanings. They, I mean, pretty much the sky was the limit on the stuff that they were doing with this. And that's before they started giving people LSD and seeing what that did. So this is something they've been working on for a very long time is using electrical signals to mess with the brain to control and change and inhibit behavior. It's not science fiction. It's absolutely a fact. They did it for many, many years. And there's no reason for anyone to think that just because all the revelations came out in the 70s, that that technology suddenly disappeared off the planet because everyone wised up and said, oh, we can't study this further because there could be some really bad implications. No, of course not. That's never what they do. If you just look at DARPA, if you just look at the stuff that they're doing, this is exactly what I'm talking about. DARPA is working on neural engineering system design. DARPA seeks proposal to design, build, demonstrate, and validate a neural interface platform capable of recording from more than a million neurons and stimulating more than 100,000 neurons in proposer-defined regions, so DARPA-defined regions of the human auditory, visual, hey guys, and somatosensory cortex. The complete system must demonstrate high precision detection, transduction, and encoding of neural activity. They want to stimulate and encode neural activity. And it actually says, if you go read the full text over here, they're talking about neural interface systems with simultaneous full duplex read and write interaction with at least a thousand neurons in regions of the human sensory cortex. So we can sit here all day and play that fun game people like to play where they do the devil's advocate and say, oh, this is all going to be so wonderful because it's going to help people. And they're going to use it for all the wonderful, good rainbow kisses, unicorn fluffy cupcake reasons you can possibly ever think of. Good luck with all of that, okay? Let's, let's be honest with ourselves for a second. People always say technology is neutral. Fine, but it really does depend on who's wielding it. And I'm sorry, but... DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. It's not the kiss your boo-boo and make you feel better agency. This is serious. This kind of stuff is real. It's, and it's, it has crazy implications. Again, I guess I just keep repeating myself because I just can't believe it. Every day you find one more thing and you go, wow, I can't believe we're to that level. And we really are. I just want people to recognize that this is a thing that is happening, that this exists. That this is the kind of technology that if you can do something like that, what can't you do? But a group of veterans has filed a lawsuit against the CIA and U.S. Army claiming that the government planted remote control devices in their brains. 
The claims relate to a government program at the U.S. Army's Edgewood Arsenal in Maryland. Tell me, is this really happening? Did the government really take part in mind control experiments on soldiers? Published in mainstream journals where electrodes are put in the brains of cats, dogs, and their behaviors controlled, and even human beings at uh, Harvard and Yale. So, so this is absolutely documented fact. They're actually directed to walk or swim to a target so you can control uh, the actual physical motion and the mental state. How detailed and how fine-tuned that's gotten since 1970, again, I don't know because it's all classified. And it must have gotten a lot more developed. How fast can this happen? I mean, how fast can someone's mind be taken over? Does it happen over a period of weeks or days? Well, the, the electrodes is a little different because you just put the electrode in, you push the button, and it happens right away. MK Ultra Mind Control rules in Hollywood. It, it's if you don't know, Google that and look into it. So many people in the public just don't want to believe that our government has been pursuing a scientific program that allows them to do mind control, and they've been pursuing that for 60, 70 years. Coming up, the government's bizarre experiments in mind control using human guinea pigs. No consent was ever asked from the patients, and no explanation of the experiments was ever given to them. So let me get this straight. You want me to violate his God-given civil rights in the name of some murky sense of the greater good. Is that the gist of it, gentlemen? Okay. I'm game. I had to ask myself if it was fake news because I thought, oh, come on, there's no way they actually did that. Brainwashing experiment, which was conducted on unwitting people that violated every ethical standard that the medical profession had been formulating for the past 50 years. MK Ultra. The goal, learn how to control and even reprogram people's minds. Dulles wastes no time in signing a secret executive order creating Project MK Ultra. The goal, to leave no stone unturned in the area of mind and behavior control. There's been thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people subjected to really damaging unethical experimentation. In June 1951, a top-secret CIA memo expressed the need to explore, quote, scientific methods for controlling the minds of individuals, unquote. As this 1952 CIA memo says, the aim is controlling an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against such fundamental laws of nature as self-preservation. People there are working on, on behavioral design. It's programmable behavior, neural design. Do, do you understand what I'm telling you? This is way out of the realm of fiction or supposition or conspiracy theory or speculation. This is absolute documented fact. The basic idea is that you soften up the person's mind and then you can get in there and use other techniques, which would include hypnosis, pain, electric shock, sensory deprivation and isolation, straight verbal brainwashing and threats to control them and manipulate them however you want. They were trying to figure out if they could get people to go out and do things that they would ordinarily not do. Validation that I received, that I wasn't totally crazy, you know, that I was treated the way I was, and it made me do crazy things, but I didn't go in there crazy.
I just have to say, it wasn't you, it was them. I think it's possible to brainwash, manipulate, coerce people to do just about anything. And we see this demonstrated in military training or in uh, the kind of conditioning that people go through when they get involved in cults. And they do things that are uh, certainly way outside of the normal parameters of what they would consider moral. If you don't take responsibility for what goes into your mind, somebody else will. Cult leaders, politicians, advertisers will all seek to implant their message in your mind, whether it's for your good or not. These 80 people were just ordinary everyday people. It could have been you. It could have been me. It was me. It could have been anybody who just walked through the doors of the Allen Memorial on the wrong day at the wrong time when Dr. Cameron needed another schizophrenic for his fun little stuff upstairs. Needed another schizophrenic for his fun little stuff upstairs. How long did they put you to sleep for? I was in a, a, a coma for 86 days. 86, 86 days of unbroken coma. sleep. Yeah total comatose state. You decided to take on the government of Canada. You oh, did. sure. Well, hey, considering what I'd already been through, that was a snap. <laughs> you know, what else? Why not? It must have become obvious to you fairly quickly that you were ramming your head into a brick yes, wall. Yes, I'm stubborn, too. It got to the point where every time whether it was John Crosby or uh, Raina Titian or then the, the Honorable Kim Campbell, it got to be, uh, you guys, we're going we're gonna to stay alive. I, and I said that to Brian Mulroney, too. If you think I'm going away, you've got another thing coming. I'm not going to go away. <laughs> but rather to hide misconduct and embarrassment about misdeeds that have been done by the government. This is not a, a pleasant world we live in. You know, and there are a lot of nasty people and things in the world, and we need protection from them. But you don't get protection by becoming the guinea pigs of the forces you pay to protect you. Uh, and you can't save your mind by having the people who protect you take your mind. Here's an example of a, uh, an institution that was designed to deliver health care to a group of vulnerable individuals uh, who needed help desperately to deal with their psychiatric condition. And instead of getting proper medical care, uh, they were abused, tortured, and put into all manner of programming that had no basis in science. I, I could have maybe had a different kind of life. And that makes me angry and sad. I just, you know, I just can't, sometimes I can't believe it. And yet I know it's true. I, I realize the CIA is a very important organization and they have a very important job to do, but God, it surely doesn't have to be done on people who are totally incapable of knowing what's happening or having any defense against it. And I, I, I can't imagine the mentality of people who would do this. I just can't sanctioned all this torture by calling it enhanced interrogation. If torture is against the law. You can't torture people. It doesn't matter how bad they are. You can't use them as guinea pigs. You can't use them as, as uh, subjects for some nefarious government-inspired um, uh, brainwashing program. You can't do that, no matter how bad these people are. They had a favorite diagnosis that they gave to everyone, which was to label them psychopaths. It didn't matter if you were a psychopath or not. You got labeled a psychopath because that justified 
in their mind, what they were about to do. And when everyone around you is telling you something absolutely opposite of what you know to be true, well, the whole thing becomes insane. The whole, the whole environment is unreal. I was the only one who knew, apparently, at least I thought, I was the only one that knew. I'm not crazy. I'm not a psychopath. What was hideous about those experiments is that they were using a population of people who were suffering from mental illnesses. And then when the people would later report to their psychologists that they felt like their minds were being controlled, this was used as a reason to keep them in the institutions even longer, although technically they were correct. I had to ask myself if it was fake news because I thought, oh, come on, there's no way they actually did that. For every advance we make in mental medicine, we can take a step backward for people who want to use those advances for purposes of control. Simultaneous full duplex read and write interaction with at least a thousand neurons in regions of a human sensory cortex. So we can sit here all day and play that fun game people like to play where they do the devil's advocate and say, oh, this is all going to be so wonderful because it's going to help people. And they're going to use it for all the wonderful, good rainbow kisses, unicorn fluffy cupcake reasons you can possibly ever think of. Oh, it's a scary thing when they start talking about this because that's in essence what you're kind of talking about here, aren't we? Yeah. Frankenstein? Who runs these genes? Who's going to be in charge of all this stuff? This is scary stuff to me. When we start tinkering with mother nature and all that, can man end up being his own worst enemy? We might find out in this. Right, it could either be very positive or very negative. We could end up being immortal. Well, it's sad when you look at people unknowingly being given a disease so they can use them as a test monkey. Isn't that what we use primates for? So in other words, they're tur turning human beings into guinea pigs, turning human beings into mice. The things they normally practice these things on, of course, they need a, a, a human example. Uh, this sounds something right out of a horror story or, or a horror movie. I mean, can you imagine a world where the police can decide who needs to have a microchip? Decoding your internal speech. Your thoughts will be criminalized. Why don't you just open your brain up and put the NSA, the CIA, the government, just put them right inside your head. Using electrical signals to mess with the brain to control and change and inhibit behavior. It's not science fiction. It's absolutely a
if you don't know. So many people in the public just don't want to believe that our government has been pursuing a scientific program that allows them to do mind control, and they've been pursuing that for 60, 70 years. Coming up, the government's bizarre experiments in mind control using human guinea pigs. No consent was ever asked from the patients, and no explanation of the experiments was ever given to them. So let me get this straight. You want me to violate his God-given civil rights in the name of some murky sense of the greater good. Is that the gist of it, gentlemen? Okay. I'm game. I had to ask myself if it was fake news because I thought, oh, come on, there's no way they actually did that. Brainwashing experiment, which was conducted on unwitting people that violated every ethical standard that the medical profession had been formulating for the past 50 years. MK Ultra. The goal, learn how to control and even reprogram people's minds. Dulles wastes no time in signing a secret executive order creating Project MK Ultra. The goal, to leave no stone unturned in the area of mind and behavior control. There's been thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people subjected to really damaging unethical experimentation. In June 1951, a top secret CIA memo expressed the need to explore, quote, scientific methods for controlling the minds of individuals, unquote. As this 1952 CIA memo says, the aim is controlling an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against such fundamental laws of nature as self-preservation. People there are working on, on behavioral design. It's programmable behavior, neural design. Do, do you understand what I'm telling you? This is way out of the realm of fiction or supposition or conspiracy theory or speculation. This is absolute documented fact. The basic idea is that you soften up the person's mind and then you can get in there and use other techniques, which would include hypnosis, pain, electric shock, sensory deprivation and isolation, straight verbal brainwashing and threats to control them and manipulate them however you want. They were trying to figure out if they could get people to go out and do things that they would ordinarily not do. Validation that I received, that I wasn't totally crazy, you know, that I was treated the way I was, and it made me do crazy things, but I didn't go in there crazy. I just have to say, it wasn't you, it was them. I think it's possible to brainwash, manipulate, coerce people to do just about anything. And we see this demonstrated in military training or in uh, the kind of conditioning that people go through when they get involved in cults. And they do things that are uh, certainly way outside of the normal parameters of what they would consider moral. If you don't take responsibility for what goes into your mind, somebody else will. Cult leaders, politicians, advertisers will all seek to implant their message in your mind, whether it's for your good or not. These 80 people were just ordinary everyday people. It could have been you. It could have been me. It was me. It could have been anybody who just walked through the doors of the Allen Memorial on the wrong day at the wrong time when Dr. Cameron needed another schizophrenic for his fun little stuff upstairs. Needed another schizophrenic for his fun little stuff upstairs. How long did they put you to sleep for? I was in a, a, a coma 
for 86 days. 86, 86 days of unbroken comatose, sleep. Yeah. Total comatose state. You decided to take on the government of Canada. You oh, sure. Think. Well, hey, considering what I'd already been through, that was a snap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what else? Why not? It must have become obvious to you fairly quickly that you were ramming your head into a brick yes, wall. Yes, yes. I'm stubborn, too. It got to the point where every time, whether it was John Crosby or uh, Raina Titian or then the, the Honorable Kim Campbell, it got to be, uh, you guys, we're going we're gonna to stay alive. I, and I said that to Brian Mulroney, too. If you think I'm going away, you've got another thing coming. I'm not going to go away. <laughs> but rather to hide misconduct and embarrassment about misdeeds that have been done by the government. This is not a, a pleasant world we live in, you know, and there are a lot of nasty people and things in the world and we need protection from them. But you don't get protection by becoming the guinea pigs of the forces you pay to protect you. Uh, and you can't save your mind by having the people who protect you take your mind. Here's an example of a, uh, an institution that was designed to deliver health care to a group of vulnerable individuals uh, who needed help desperately to deal with their psychiatric condition. And instead of getting proper medical care, uh, they were abused, tortured, and put into all manner of programming that had no basis in science. I, I could have maybe had a different kind of life. And that makes me angry and sad. I just, you know, I just can't, sometimes I can't believe it. And yet I know it's true. I, I realize the CIA is a very important organization and they have a very important job to do. But God, it surely doesn't have to be done on people who are totally incapable of knowing what's happening or having any defense against it. And I, I, I can't imagine the mentality of people who would do this. I just can't. Sanctioned all this torture by calling it enhanced interrogation. Torture is against the law. You can't torture people. It doesn't matter how bad they are. You can't use them as guinea pigs. You can't use them as, as uh, subjects for some nefarious government-inspired um, uh, brainwashing program. You can't do that, no matter how bad these people are. They had a favorite diagnosis that they gave to everyone, which was to label them psychopaths. didn't matter if you were a psychopath or not. You got labeled a psychopath because that justified, in their mind, what they were about to do. And when everyone around you is telling you something absolutely opposite, of what you know to be true, well, the whole thing becomes insane. The whole, the whole environment is unreal. I was the only one who knew, apparently, at least I thought, I was the only one that knew. I'm not crazy. I'm not a psychopath. What was hideous about those experiments is that they were using a population of people who were suffering from mental illnesses. And then when the people would later report to their psychologists that they felt like their minds were being controlled, this was used as a reason to keep them in the institutions even longer, although technically they were correct. I had to ask myself if it was fake news because I thought, oh, come on, there's no way they actually did that. For every advance we make in mental medicine, we can take a step backward for people who want to use those advances for purposes of control. 
simultaneous full duplex read and write interaction with at least a thousand neurons in regions of the human sensory cortex. So we can sit here all day and play that fun game people like to play where they do the devil's advocate and say, oh, this is all going to be so wonderful because it's going to help people. And they're going to use it for all the wonderful, good rainbow kisses, unicorn fluffy cupcake reasons you can possibly ever think of. It's a scary thing when they start talking about this because that's in essence what you're kind of talking about here, aren't we? Frankenstein, who runs these genes? Who's going to be in charge of all this stuff? This is scary stuff to me. When we start tinkering with mother nature and all that, can man end up being his own worst enemy? We might find out in this. Right, it could either be very positive or very negative. We could end up being immortal. Well, it's sad when you look at people unknowingly being given a disease so they can use them as a test monkey. Isn't that what we use primates for? So in other words, they're turning human beings into guinea pigs, turning human beings into mice. The things they normally practice these things on, of course, they need a a, a human example. Uh, This sounds something right out of a horror story or, or a horror movie. I mean, can you imagine a world where the police can decide who needs to have a microchip? Decoding your internal speech. Your thoughts will be criminalized. Why don't you just open your brain up and put the NSA, the CIA, the government, just put them right inside your head. Using electrical signals to mess with the brain to control and change and inhibit behavior. It's not science fiction. It's absolutely a fact. They did it for many, many years. And there's no reason for anyone to think that just because all the revelations came out in the 70s, that that technology suddenly disappeared off the planet because everyone wised up and said, oh, we can't study this further because there could be some really bad implications. No, of course not. That's never what they do. DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. It's not the kiss your boo-boo and make you feel better agency. It's, there's no possible downsides to this technology at all. That It's all going to be amazing when we all plug our brains right into our computers. And what could possibly go wrong? And offer corporations, hackers, governments, or anyone else new ways to exploit and manipulate people. Yeah, you got that right. When they're in, literally in your brain, will devices that read your thoughts and autofill what you want to do next make you feel like your free will has been hijacked? The ethical thinking has been insufficient. There's an array of ethical questions. Does inserting a chip into someone's brain mediate their brain circuitry and change their identity? Could you use a DBS device to hack into someone's brain or control them or enhance them? Is it potentially dangerous in the wrong hands? So it can completely change people's personalities. They go on to say that it can make you a different person, but they want in there bad. It's the only place left that they haven't hacked. People there are working on on behavioral design. It's programmable behavior, neural design. Do Do you understand what I'm telling you? They've been experimenting on people's brains for years and years and years trying to figure stuff like that out. And if they did, do you think they would tell you? And if they told you, do you think you would be told the real aims behind it? You wouldn't be. We're all compartmentalized. Someone else messes with your mind, changes your mind, goes in beyond your consciousness and messes with your head, changes your thoughts and feelings. If you can do something like that, what can't you do? I mean, what's left? 
if they're going to start screwing with your neural activity without your conscious consent, what's left? You will be experimented on and you have no option. If that is the system they get through in the name of the greater good and the system they get through because they tell you they've tested it and it's safe and this is the greatest scientific advance in hundreds of years. Because you know how much the government and the military and all of the elite foundations only have your best interest at heart. The people that get these chips in their heads, how do they know for certain who's got control of that chip? How do they know that chip couldn't turn you into a robot, turn you into a Manchurian candidate? Remember, along with all the good things, behind the curtain evil will be lurking and someone will be there to use this for bad rather than good. And I think that's what we really have to be afraid of. You can bet on this, whatever weapons our government is using right now, you can damn well be sure they've had them for well over 20 to 25 years. And I do believe they sit on weapons currently that none of us have any idea that they have. Uh, they only let us know about the ones that they've been using for a long time. And any new stuff will be uh, brought to us in a surprise, probably. And the technology is now what's holding them up. It's the public's acceptance and usage and compliance with this stuff. It'll start out consensual, but it's not going to end that way. Don't want to think that that's possible, but it is possible. It goes on, but it, it turns it, out that this is, is actually a documented yes, tactic. Yes. Are they really trying to help you? What are they trying to do? Are they doing it because they love you and care for you and they want you to be informed? Or are they doing it because they're clearly biased and they've got an agenda? They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all, at all, at all. How dare they do that to a human being? How dare they do that to a human being? It is a disgrace. It is a violation of human justice and human rights. This is human life. These are not laboratory rats. These are human lives should not be used as laboratory experiments. You know, do you, do you ever get bothered by this? Is there something about this that makes you want to stop doing this because you're supporting something that is against your religion or against your moral fiber or, or whatever it is that, that affects you? The reality of it is, is, is this. It's disgusting. It's, it's a monstrous horrible thing to do because i could not be a part of what i was was a part i was creating to further destroy whatever moral compass is left in people separate yourself from these systems from these governments from these nations i feel they're just trying to cover up their mistakes and uh and they know the truth they just don't want to admit it you know why i think it's being done judge why because number one, they don't have the evidence. And number two, they don't want us to hear any of the evidence. Right. Now all you're gonna hear is, we found them guilty, we put them to death, and there's your proof. I don't believe in the death penalty. But the problem is, we're seeing the death penalty being put on people without even a trial today. People are being killed because they commit some other type of law, be it burglary, be it running away from the police, whatever it might be, and they're shot and killed for that. That's the death penalty. We need to take a long look in the mirror before we start killing our own people on the streets for alleged discrepancies, alleged laws being broken. Don't you still deserve your day in court to be convicted?
and I didn't believe them. Why didn't you believe them? They made it sound very believable. They did. The police made it sound. Oh, very believable. Very. Believable. very. One, two, three, four, five officers, all of whom have no motive to lie. Who has a motive to lie? If you don't defend yourself by filling your mind with a true understanding of what's happening in the world, then others will fill it up for you. And then at some point in time, use the information and the conditioning that they've planted in your mind and breast uh, to use you. They will have character assassinations camp campaigns run against them in their neighborhood. They'll be isolated from family and friends as those individuals are turned against them. It's so very deeply unconstitutional to allow a CSIS agent to go to a judge in a secret hearing to get a warrant, not just to break the law, but to violate the Constitution. This is, this is deeply anti-democratic and absolutely unacceptable in a democracy. Because they're cops, so they can do it and get away with it and lie about it. It didn't take a federal court for us to know that this was unlawful. It didn't matter if you were a psychopath or not. You got labeled a psychopath because that justified in their mind, what they were about to do. You can't torture people. It doesn't matter how bad they are. You can't use them as guinea pigs. You can't use them as, as uh, subjects for some nefarious government-inspired um, uh, brainwashing program. MK Ultra. The goal, learn how to control and even reprogram people's minds. Project MK Ultra. The goal, to leave no stone unturned in the area of mind and behavior control. There's been thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people subjected to really damaging unethical experimentation. Or, quote, scientific methods for controlling the minds of individuals, unquote. This 1952 CIA memo says the aim is controlling an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against such fundamental laws of nature as self-preservation. Messes with your mind, changes your mind, goes in beyond your consciousness and messes with your head, changes your thoughts and feelings. I mean, what's left? If they're going to start screwing with your neural activity without your conscious consent, what's left? If you can do something like that, what can't you do? I mean, can you imagine a world where... The police can decide who needs to have a microchip. And the technology is not what's holding them up. It's the public's acceptance and usage and compliance with this stuff. The people that get these chips in their heads, how do they know for certain who's got control of that chip? How do they know that chip couldn't turn you into a robot, turn you into a Manchurian candidate? Remember, along with all the good things, Behind the curtain, evil will be lurking, and someone will be there to use this for bad rather than good. And I think that's what we really have to be afraid of. You can bet on this. Whatever weapons our government is using right now, you can damn well be sure they've had them for well over 20 to 25 years. And I do believe they sit on weapons currently that none of us have any idea that they have. Uh, they only let us know about the ones that they've been using for a long time. And any new stuff will be uh, brought to us in a surprise, probably. Mm -hmm. So in other words, they're tur turning human beings into guinea pigs, turning human beings into mice. The things they normally practice these things on, of course, they need a, a human example.
uh, this sounds something right out of a horror story or, or a horror movie. That I wasn't totally crazy, you know, that I was treated the way I was, and it made me do crazy things, but I didn't go in there crazy. It is a disgrace. It is a violation of human justice and human rights. This is human life. These are not laboratory rats. These are human lives should not be used as laboratory experiments. I, I, I can't imagine the mentality of people who would do this. I just can't. How dare they do that to a human being? How dare they do that to a human being? I feel they're just trying to cover up their mistakes and uh and they know the truth they just don't want to admit it clearly what happened is they decided to throw away the constitution and they decide they would judge the jury the law they decide all that themselves until the system starts to hold the officers who do these things responsibly it's going to keep happening again and again we will not tolerate this kind of activity and we will go after the perpetrators these people do have faces when we talk about the shadow government or we talk about the secret team it's not something totally amorphous. These people are identifiable and can be brought to justice. Do you know what this means? It means I am a member of a gang, only we have badges. You're not the bad guys. We are. Oh, you can't put a price on being able to live with yourself. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful. But we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent, and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die. And the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. 
the unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power, the power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power, let us all unite, let us fight for a new world, a decent world that will give men a chance to work that will give you the future and old age of security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie, they do not fulfill that promise, they never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to go away with national barriers, to go away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason, a world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite!
And then she tried to kill herself a couple times. Um, 
one time swallowing 120 pills, another time slitting her wrist. Um, both of these occurred after they took her son from her. And uh, she didn't even know what gang stalking was. And she came across one of my videos. And, you know, she ended up getting in contact with me. And she said, no one's been able to do anything for me. Like, no, nobody's been able to help me. And I, I've, I have so many people who come, who come along to me. And I don't even have a high school diploma. You know, and people tell me, they said, they say like, there's Jamil, there's nothing I can do. There's nowhere I can go. Nobody on this planet will give me any help. It, it just isn't there. They've gone through the phone books. They've gone everywhere they can. And these are people who are prone to suicide. Um, I've spoken to people who are prone to violent outlashings, like people who, you know, literally you can hear it in their voice. Like they're ready to just go out and, and, and hurt somebody or kill, unfortunately, maybe even kill somebody because they're being systematically tortured and stopped and they just can't deal with it. And they come to me and I don't, you know, it's amazing that the people are, you know, they're saying I helped them and I did these things for them. And I'm trying to put into perspective and learn what exactly am I doing for them so I can continue doing it. But I, it leaves me speechless because I never even thought anything like this existed until it occurred to me three years ago, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. A bit.